All right, now you can do the fart sound, right? To get it going. You know, it's the perfect introduction. It really is. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. <laughs> you know how this podcast is going to go right off the top. Anyway, so here, here we go for real. And I, I, I may leave that in. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and starting off this uh, potentially interesting podcast is <laughs> uh, uh, a bit of a, a bit of an interesting thing. And uh, joining me today, of course, is Carmen. Carmen Perry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. That is absolutely the worst. Oh. But this is the worst introduction you've ever done. I know. I, mean, I got thrown You're usually off. so polished. You have this radio voice. <laughs> and uh, he, he like he's in the bathroom before we record, to be honest. You can it's, overhear it's him like that rehearsing. Mick Jagger Instagram? Yeah, exactly yesterday. right. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, and it's usually so polished. And I feel like I'm kind of caught off guard. And I need to really kind of... Well, see, you finally um, got one. We've recorded yeah. like 40-odd podcasts. And, yeah. and you finally sound better than me off the top. See if you... Um, yeah. You know, victory's great, even <laughs> deep in the cheap seats. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was... Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, Let's introduce today's guest. Sure. So uh, today joining us on the podcast, we have Vincent Vandenbrink, who is a partner at Breakhouse, which is a architecture and brand uh, consultancy. Now, Jeff and I did agree before the show that I may be able to introduce Breakhouse a bit better. Yeah, we'll a, go for a it. retail design consultancy that is focused on uh, creating experiences in the built environment. And Vince, welcome to the Cooler Ring in the most haphazard introduction yet. Well, I have to say it was entertaining. <laughs> Thank you very well, I'm much. I'm glad you think so. Yeah. Well, I, I, can, folks, I can also appreciate that sometimes the introduction is a little bit complicated for us because we do so many different things. We're not just retail focus. We do a lot of bigger buildings and master plans. And we just essentially help our clients connect with their customer base. Uh, and we do it through brand and the built environment and to have designed some of my favorite pubs and restaurants oh well, thank yeah you very much. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I must say we, to spend time we've so. had a you know as a as a firm we've had a great relationship with breakhouse and it's really exciting to have you on the show vince i should tell our listeners yeah. that why we have you here a little bit sure um we're we're really excited because in some ways you're the hunted you're an architect you are a technical buyer, someone who sets specifications on incredibly large projects. And so many manufacturing marketers are in that place. They want to talk to engineers, architects, and other technical specifiers. And, uh, you know, I think they struggle with it. So what we thought we'd do today is get the hunted on the podcast. It's like a cheat the, sheet for yeah. manufacturers. Yeah. And, and, and just kind of look inside that a little bit and see what we can learn. So sure. Vince, I, I thank you for joining us and uh, uh, perhaps introduce us a bit to your role at, um, at Breakhouse yeah. and then we'll, uh, we'll begin. Sure, sure. Um, so my role within the company is uh, twofold. So half of my time is spelt, uh, spent as a lot of other owners um, managing the company itself um, and all the day-to-day -day operations. But the other part of my time, which I think is where we fall in line to this podcast, is the amount of time that I spend uh, working in the design and development of projects in the built environment 
So whether or not that is from uh, restaurants and pubs, like you just mentioned, to some of the bigger projects that we have on the go now, um, some really interesting 12-story apartment buildings, which could, in fact, become the first wood high-rise construction building in, uh, or construction in Atlantic Canada. So we're always finding ourselves on the, the tip of the spear for projects that are a little bit complex or unique in the field. And um, our clients have always been able to kind of work with us to help them through their, their challenges and um, knowing that if, if they're going to face some oddities that uh, we're almost always the the best person to, uh, or the best team to help them through with that sort of thing. So I leave that side of the project. The, the best team to help with odd yeah. things. That's a <laughs> odd, large, expensive it's, it's, thing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. To, I think we really nailed another tagline. For <laughs> well, odd um, things are usually the best so opportunity for something, right? So you know, if if everything seems to be status quo and there aren't uh, unique challenges from a client's perspective, then um, it's, it doesn't necessarily have the opportunity on the other side to be something unique to our clients. So that's that's what I essentially mean by finding the right work for clients. So, um, and so I want to talk mm -hmm. about your experience in, in setting specifications and researching products, sure. et cetera, for these engagements because I, obviously that's where that's where marketers are trying to influence you. That's where salespeople are trying to influence you. Um, so I guess how does that uh, how does that process typically work for you? What do you sure. you know? What's your what's the typical experience? Well, it's it's actually um, similar uh, from supplier to supplier across the board. Um, the usual process is uh, somebody from our team gets a phone call or an email from a supplier that is looking to share whatever new products they might have, and almost always in a, in a lunch and learn type of a setting. And uh, that gives um, the team uh, the sort of uh, the invitation to have uh, a bit of time, and it's usually over lunch, um, to, to hear what a supplier has to say about some of their new products. And then, um, over lunch, which is usually uh, and almost always uh, mediocre to bad food, <laughs> which I actually <laughs> never eat any of because it's it's bad, um, I uh, will show them into our library. Uh, and I would say almost every architectural office and interior design firm has a library full of material literature. Um, and everything from samples to like, it could be like a full size, uh, like three by or four by eight panel of some kind that we'll be looking at to install into a building. So that all gets stored into our library. Um, and that initial invitation and if acceptance to have the lunch and learn more or less gives a supplier a kind of uh, a clear road to our material library. And they can see who else is up in the library for competition. They can um, then follow up uh, at a later date with whomever it was that they made the first contact with in our office to say, oh, we've got a new product. Can I just come in and replace it in the library and take the old ones out? So then they become the sort of manager of materials of their, of their company and whatever it is that they're supplying in our library. And uh, 
when they come in, you can almost always guarantee the question will come up. Uh, so what are you guys working on? Um, anything interesting? And it's, it's pretty transparent what the, the question is. It's not uh, out of interest our office. So, um, you know, it's, it, it, it more or less ends there uh, from the initial um, introduction to the company to stocking our library. But then it gets, the, the next stage is where I find it can get a little bit complicated. I, I do find that the uh, well, yeah. Before mm. we do that, I'm I'm kind of curious because you're obviously you're not a fan of the lunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, but every supplier is kind of taking the same approach. Uh, it's surprising to me that there isn't some room for innovation in the middle yeah. of that. Um, you know, is there is part of you just hoping like hell like that somebody would just do something other than the rubber chicken lunch? Yeah. Well, I, I would say in the lunch, the the most memorable one that I had was. Uh, by Interface, uh, Interface Carpets. They had a, uh, they had probably the best lunch that I've seen. They, it was actually smart, right? Like they've actually given it some thought. They recognize that their position is one of environmental sustainability. So they brought their own dishes and they brought them back with them when, they were, when we were done. They had um, locally sourced, uh, you know, uh, food, meaning they, they found restaurants uh, and catering companies that source their food sustainably and, and ethically. And then they brought that, and that was a part of their story. Um, and that consistency is, um, you know, it, it really resonates uh, with anybody. I like how we're just suggesting to improve this via having a better lunch. Well, it's, it's true, <laughs> um, though, right? Like, it's, it's, all, it's all touch points of a company. Like, in what we do, if you have a restaurant and, um, you know, if... if the restaurant doesn't have a place to hang your coats. Um, all of a sudden, your jackets get littered with jack. Uh, your chairs get littered with jackets, and then the jackets fall on the floor, and then people step on them, and that becomes a nuisance. So, part of the experience is what do you do with your jackets when you come into a restaurant? And that's no any different than uh, what is the introduction of a company to potential spec writers or designers uh, of your product. And the first is actually over dinner. Like you, you might, <laughs> it goes further than that even, right? Like if you want to uh, go on a date with somebody, um, you, you usually converse and get to know each other over a meal. So it, it makes sense in many ways, right? Like it's, it's a nice starting point. Um, but you build a relationship with a supplier more than you just have a relationship with the product itself. Well, and I, I think the, the thing that's interesting about that, too, is that, you know, you have a, a finite amount of space yeah. in the library for yeah. new products, a finite amount of mindshare to have kind of a range of things available to you in, you know, all the different finishes and, and everything else that you need and, you know, a desire to not be sold to in this way. So, you know, if everybody's coming in and saying, you know, can we uh, have another lunch and learn and we'll bring the subway? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, uh, it's kind of like the the desire to actually go through with that, unless it's a really compelling product that you've kind of yeah. sought out, is just a hundred percent. Man, and you just flash back to an old client that we used to have that would order in Subway <laughs> for lunch. It was the worst thing ever. See, like if she's listening, I want her to know that that was right. Terrible. Exactly. You, anyway, you don't. Okay. You, you don't remember what is the quote? You don't remember what people say to you. You remember how they made you feel. And 
I, I remember how a lot of people made me feel after the lunch. <laughs> I associate that product <laughs> with the bad food, you oh, know? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. All right, all right, all right. So what, where does it fall down after okay. that? So let's, we've gotten through the bad sure. lunch. But you said after that, there's, you know, you've, that's where you t- tend to find it falls sure. apart. Um, so the, the most uh, potent story to this, I think, where it's been negative, and I, I have to say before I say this, like I'm, I'm sounding awfully negative about it, we do have some really nice relationships with suppliers um, that are represented as salespeople that do supply work, uh, or sorry, products to us in a, in a great way. So I'm not saying this to uh, blanket all suppliers and uh, and the way they go about it um, in an equal way, but it just it this story that I'll share is an example of how my flag goes up over some products um, to make sure that I'm talking or the team I direct the team to make sure that they're talking to the right people so we don't get burned as a design firm. So the example is um, um, there was a really big building that um, I was working on. I was the project architect at the time, and that was before my days at, uh, at Breakhouse. And um, the building was uh, the largest of its type in Atlantic Canada, and one of the bigger uh, materials and uh, building systems was the curtain wall. So the curtain wall uh, needed to be selected carefully um, everything from the glazing type to um, you know the, the back bar the and the the, uh, the sunshades that we were hoping to put onto the curtain wall system. Um, we spent months laboring over the materials and um, the technical aspects of it, um, both in terms of its environmental sustainability and its cost and just general applicability project. Um, after dealing with the salesperson um, for this length of time, we got really comfortable with the system that we were proposing, um, and it went from there into a pre-tender. Um, so it was an early um, cost evaluation before we got into any kind of value engineering process, but it was to invite some selected contractors to bid on it and um, help us down through the through the process because usually in in this stage of the game contractors will uh, really good ones will offer suggestions on how to do some things a little bit different the big thing that came up with this process is the salesperson really told us with a lot of confidence that the system that we were selecting was going to work and and be good for the building the contractors came back and the supplier connected to the contractor was the same company that the salesperson was representing. So I'm just trying not to say the name just because I don't want to throw the person under the bus, right? Um, yeah. So the salesperson representing the curtain wall system uh, was told by the, like the, the manufacturing that they can't actually do what we were told could be done. And that's just something putting a, a, a sunshade on a particular curtain wall system. That led to an enormous amount of rework on our part. So in a building of size, any single drawing that we had, and there were many of them, that showed where the curtain wall was going to be meeting the the slab, uh, 
all the other, I don't want to get into too many details here, but the, the point of the story is that it ended up causing us to redraw another set of drawings, which was a huge amount of work of billable time that we could not build a client for. Because the client looks at it, no matter how we argue it, as our fault. It was the designer's fault that we, we put these systems together. Even though we were told by the salesperson of the manufacturer that it could be done. We couldn't go back to the manufacturer. Uh, I, I, you know, I, guess, I guess my boss at that time could have gone back to the manufacturer and, and tried to sue them for it. Um, but in, the, in closing to that whole process, the salesperson felt really badly about it and uh, was nice enough to bring me a, uh, a coffee thermos with the manufacturer's logo on it <laughs> to take and hold with me and, and uh, to use forever, however long I was going to be at that office. So, Was there at least like a sleeve of golf balls inside the thermos or something? anything? I mean, yeah. You'd think, you would really think, uh, you know, the closest parallel, just to give you a sense of how much it cost us, would have been a nice brand new car versus the billable time that it took us to redo this work. <laughs> and so the coffee thermos was, was really just salt in the wound, to be honest with you. It just didn't show any kind of empathy or respect to the amount of time and uh, uh, support that... Um, I'm trying to say it didn't show any degree of respect to the amount of time that we had to put into their advice and uh, the changes that were resulted. It showed an incredible lack yeah. of understanding of how the actual work unfolds mm. for the people that he or she was yeah. selling into, yeah. um, uh, which is interesting. And then, of course, I mean, in that moment, you're thinking probably never send me a salesperson yeah. again. Only send me the technical experts. Is that the, the, is that it? Yeah, that's exactly it. Any time that we are specifying a material that is connected to uh, a building envelope in any way, or anything that could uh, be damaged uh, from wear, uh, whether or not it is uh, a seat cushion that we specify for a bench in a restaurant, or the type of uh, roof membrane that we're going to put uh, on a building or even what kind of tile we're going to select uh, inside a retail space. We want to make sure that the tile isn't going to stain, the bench isn't going to wear out quicker than it's promised, and that the roofing isn't going to leak. And the only way to get the true answer from all of that is to get it from the technical representatives at the supplier, not from the salespeople. Or at least that's where I'm at right now. Um, anytime we have a material that is sub subject to a great deal of wear or potential um, breach of, of water or weather, um, I just tell whoever whoever's in the office not to talk to the salespeople, just to talk to the techs. Uh, well, I'm just wondering, are the salespeople not even uh, providing you the gateway into the technical resources? You're just having to go around them. It sounds like they're a pylon now in the process. Well, there is a little bit. Um, you know, if there there's some companies that have on their website um, for technical assistance call this person and then you call that you know 1-800 number and then you do get somebody you don't know how much that person knows and also there's no repercussion if they are giving you advice that is not accurate like you, you really don't know who that person is what kind of technical background they have you're, you're just trusting 
that that supplier. So the leap of faith is huge, especially since we have to wear it if it goes bad. So it's it they they do provide some access. It's just when you get there, you don't know who that person is. So it, it's like the salespeople should be the tech people, and I know that it's a different personality, it's a different skill set, but you know, if for not all materials, but for a lot of these materials that could, you know, be bad for our company if they're done or used in an inappropriate way, um, it, it, you know, there has to be confidence there that we're dealing with something that is, or information that is true and accurate. Most manufacturers are converting barely any of their existing website visitors into leads. If you want to get better than your competition at finding good prospects online, Start by watching our webinar, How to Manufacture Better Content. This webinar from Coolering host Jeff White will teach you how to produce manufacturing-focused content that works. Watch it now at bit.ly slash hmbcwebinar. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash hmbcwebinar. Quick question. Um, when you say supplier, are you almost always talking about the manufacturer themselves and are the salespeople usually working for the manufacturer or as a, a, a separate entity rep yeah it's a rep yeah it's a, it's a little bit of both um some companies they are directly connected to the supplier meaning that they are one and the same um, they might not necessarily be representing more than one product just because their product is in such high demand. Um, interface carpets, for example. I don't know of an interface carpet rep that has other products that they are also representing. But there are other um, people who, um, you know, there's a couple that I can think of off the top of my head that are really sound technical um, uh, people with the sales ability and they represent two or three products. And I call them on a semi-regular basis and ask them directly for information on products or backup on details and information because I know that I can trust them, but um, I am very cautious of who comes through the door and what they're offering um, just because what's on the other side of them and what else they're representing and how how important it is to them or what the repercussions could be if, if they're giving us some not what everybody says it is. It's interesting instruction here because I don't think, I mean, I don't know, it doesn't sound like that hostile a sales environment. Mm. I don't think uh, we have to be uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn <laughs> Ross incarnate in order to sell in this environment. It sounds as though, you know, this, the, the, the manufacturers in this space would be well served to really prioritize technical knowledge over mm. sales ability in mm. some way. Um, just because I, I, frankly, one's I think a little easier to teach than the other. I know that there's this thinking that sales is all just natural gift and ability, et cetera. The, you know, and, well, if that were uh, the case, I would suck at it. Well, yeah, you know, half decent. You know, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think this is really instructive. You know, everybody's trying to figure out how do we market and sell to a technical buyer? And it's like, how about have a technical person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really simple, you know, um, it's it's there's so much um, complexity to a lot of building systems because um, they all connect to something else. And if you have a supplier that comes in or a manufacturer that comes in and they're selling uh, a curtain wall system, for example, like we were talking about earlier, almost always you'll see that 
curtain wall system without any other materials or systems beside it. It's just in a vacuum, right? So this is what they're selling. I don't know if you can understand the sort of picture that I'm creating, but like if you imagine um, uh, a wall section, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but like an image of the interior of a wall that you look at from the side. If you are buying something from a manufacturer, they only show that one system on its own, not how it necessarily integrates into the whole building itself and into the wall. So that's where the questions come in. It's not just on the product on its own, which is usually what the salespeople know. It's the question of how it integrates into the rest of the wall system, which makes it a good or a bad system. Um, and it, those are the questions that we have and we ask a great deal. And oftentimes, if you're talking to salespeople, they don't have the answers and they will tell us to connect to the, uh, the technical reps. And sometimes you get the information you need, sometimes you don't. But It's, it's interesting because I'm imagining this scenario that unfolds so often, mm -hmm. or at least it, it sounds like part of the time, where you, know, you don't have confidence in that sales resource. So you're, you're probably, I mean, you can probably explore the products online in, in many cases. My guess is a lot of the information is even available there. Yeah. And perhaps you're even connecting with technical resources increasingly online. Is that the case? That is the case, yeah. Um, you know, our library, and I would say in general, most libraries in offices are getting smaller because so much of it is available and information is available online. And if you want to look at something in person, you would call and you would ask for a sample of whatever it is to be brought on site to your office to take a look at. And from there, you would find that technical person and you would ask more questions to get some more detail from but largely speaking and I guess this is the this is the biggest challenge is how much are we willing to take a leap after it's brought to our office that we can convince our client that this is the right thing for them and that isn't sold by the salesperson or the technical person that's sold by us to the client so there's, there's a great deal of sales on our end for, for especially new materials. Uh, and if we can't convince our client that this building material is going to last, it's going to be great, you're going to be happy with it for years down the road, and if we can't do that, then the product isn't sold. So we need to have as much technical information as possible, and we have to do our own research and dig into it a little bit. and. That's where I find the biggest gap, um, you know, the more so in, in materials um, that have been proven in the past to, to work, uh, there is typically a little less assistance because they've got a proven track record to say, like, look, this, this works in the past, you'll be fine. And, but we still have to find out more about it on our own. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of research on our own to, to get the information. And it's just, it's not... It's not your typical sales uh, and relationship that that we've come across. No, it, and and I think what's you know what strikes me about that, what it, just when I'm thinking of you know the work that we have to do with manufacturers, you know, part of what they could be doing is finding out from the A and D community, from the engineers and other people that they're trying to sell into, you know, what 
what resources can we provide to you to help you sell this new product into your client? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you are yeah. not the buyer. Absolutely. You are simply an influencer of that decision. Yeah. yeah and not exactly. the Instagram kind. Yeah, much better. And like I, 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 I mentioned uh, at one point, and we've talked a little bit about it with uh, you know my partners, the idea of being a supplier to manufacturers uh, as opposed to having a salesperson in between us to step around that and the benefit of that is we are uh, i don't want to say pushing a product because that doesn't sound like it's the right thing but if we find a product that we really like that we can bring it to clients and if it is something that our client goes for then we get to benefit on the transaction financially as opposed to the salesperson because we put the effort and time to put it in our drawings, to use it in the way that we think is good for the project and good for the client. It's interesting to me that you're saying basically, you know, you've, in, in some instances, you've found so little value in that process and you have to do it all on your own so much anyway, that you've actually taken the additional step to get some monetary compensation from the manufacturer for that by making, by, by just setting yourself up as a direct supplier to them yeah. and bypassing their existing sales channel. Yeah, yeah. It, as as an idea, I know that there's an architect in town here that has done that, um, is representing uh, a couple of product lines, and he's he's actually somebody that I lean on for technical advice on a number of different products, just because he's. But th that's the kind of relationship I could see evolving in the future, and I I could see that being a to an enormous benefit to manufacturers if the front end of the the chain, which is the relationship between the, the consult or the, the the client and the designer, if that can be supported, then you know, if, if they have some kind of cut, then I'm I'm sure that they'll see a lot more of their product uh, move off the shelves quite quickly. What um, what do you think makes a given that you have to do all of this research largely yourself, and some of it is obviously going to be interaction with technical resources at the manufacturer, but what makes a good online tool for you? Like if you need to go and find that information, what are you looking for? Well, um, that's a, that's a good question. I, I'll use two examples of manufacturers that have really stood out over the years. Uh, one is interface again, and the other is uh, Schluter. They do, transition strips between like on flooring between tile uh, two different flooring materials or uh, wall two different wall oh, yeah. materials um, they're the metal strip that you often see that joins these two you know they you'd think a, a company like Schluter would not necessarily have the need to support their designers as much as they do because it almost seems so insignificant to the overall building process but the thing is it shows up in so many different ways that they have a great resource online they have um, uh, an ability to engage with their manufacturing plant there is somebody that i put on a plane from an invitation from schluter to go down to their manufacturing plant and see how it's built see all the different products, talk to the people uh, on the technical side to really bridge that technical person to designer relationship. Like they, they're, they're a really good example of 
how you can make it happen well. And the same thing is done with Interface. They have a regular uh, walkabout in their plant where designers from all over the world are, are flown down and they spend time on their, their property, look at all the work that they do and build up relationships. It's about, it's about relationships that you can trust. So I tell you, we, if we can't find anything other than a Schluter strip to do a material transition, we'll probably think twice about doing something different because we'd like that would be as good because we know, we know the beginning of that product all the way to what it looks like on site. And, uh, you know, those, and that's all, those are all just phone calls away. Like if we wanted to go on and look at the manufacturing plant, if we wanted to go on that sales or on the, um, the walkabout, we could, we could do those things. And we know that that is accessible to us. And a lot of other places don't do that. And I can't, you know, I can imagine Jeff too a scenario where you asked about online and how this could be enabled online and, you know, it strikes me that manufacturers have a strong opportunity to just have, frankly, online chat and have it with a certified technical representative who is like, if you could, if you know, every time you pull up the URL, you, you're a click away from a live chat with a, a resource that really knows what they're talking about um, and maybe has um, even profile beyond, uh, you know, in his work to, to showcase their expertise elsewhere online. Um, I mean, that would strike me to be such a differentiator. And I, I know a lot of manufacturers that might be listening to this would say that they do that. They do have somebody on the other line that you can connect with, but it's who's on the other side of that line. I, I've, you always, you get a feeling from a majority of them that they're overworked and they've got too many calls to answer and they're just trying to get you off the phone quickly. There, there has to be an investment on manufacturers part to make sure that the people that are supplying that technical information are doing it in a robust fashion. It's not done in any way that makes the person who is pushing that product out to their customers or their clients. Um, you don't want to make them feel in any way that it's being rushed and they're just getting some information quickly. Elevator people, elevator suppliers are great with that. Elevator suppliers have, they have, you know, they're separate elevator consultants that help you select an elevator that's even outside of the consultants themselves or the manufacturers themselves. So like there's, there are a few manufacturing, manufacturers and building system types that do have that. It's, there's just a, there's a much broader selection of manufacturers that, that don't, that could really benefit from, from a more, kind of personal and trustworthy technical source. That's more than just a call online. Well, it's just a, it's just a question of investment, really, isn't it? I mean, uh, at the end of the day, they uh, don't blink twice at investing what probably amounts to two fifty, three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars in an outside salesperson. I mean, once you put um, a senior sales uh, guy or a girl with, in a a, with a quota in a car, uh, and have them driving around the territory doing whatever and buying dinners. You've got, you know, you're at two fifty or three hundred thousand before you know it or more, um, and you know they're not paying the people that are doing the online chat that no. much, right? Um, 
and, and in some cases, and what you're saying is that's where the value is. Give me the technical resource. Give me the expertise. Make it available to me. Find, you know, find ways uh, to ensure that I can, I, I understand that I can trust it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah. make sure there's accurate documentation. Yeah. To download, you know, so that yeah. that resource can direct you to the appropriate drawings and everything else mm. that you need. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I can envision the perfect. <laughs> site right now well we've yeah. at least yeah. uh, helped i think uh frame it up a little bit yeah you know i can't help but notice that we're uh we're running out of time here uh so uh, vince um maybe uh, you know I'm, i think you've given our listeners a lot to think about here um but uh you know you never know you might have like one last bit of information or advice that you wanted to offer that you haven't had a chance to uh, mention yet so i want to give you an opportunity to do that before we sign off any parting tips um yeah i i, I don't know if i have parting tip necessarily um i would stay away from the uh, branded thermoses uh, they don't help but <laughs> i other than that i, I think the the highest level kind of point of view for me is the sales door-to-door lunch and learns is old school and it doesn't feel like from my point of view that it works it might have some uptick and it might have statistics that from the manufacturing point of view it it says that it it does provide the uh, the sales numbers that they're looking for I would really encourage manufacturers to think about other ways to reach out to their customer base. There's, there's so much availability online as a first introduction. And um, from that first introduction to what the product is, that there is an easy access then from a designer to that manufacturer to get the more specific information that you're looking for. Being inundated with invitations for lunch and learns for products that you don't know necessarily a great deal about isn't isn't going to make me want to put it in uh, the next project necessarily it's there's it just feels um it feels a little contrived and um doesn't uh, have the success that i can imagine it having hmm well i hope we reconnect in like a year's time and you tell me that all of your um uh, suppliers have shifted away from lunch and learns on the on the power of the podcast suggestion alone. So yeah, we'll go. see. Maybe that could be the power and reach of the Cooler Ring podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never know. Or if it ends up being that I get nice fancy salads uh, for every lunch and learn. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we consider that a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And, right. I mean, speaking of podcasts too, you guys are currently setting up and developing your own podcast. Design makes everything better. That's coming soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we will be talking to um, clients that would have, um, you know, a typical kind of a relationship with us, and we have uh, people from sale uh, and hospitality sector, uh, developers, uh, every people that are developing products for the beauty industry, to talk about how the design of their spaces, their buildings, their brands have made their business better. Design Makes Everything Better will be our podcast uh, to be available in about a month. Look forward to checking it out. Thanks so much for joining us on The Cooler Ring today. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Vince.
Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.